1: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
2: Learn more at metacom to throw it Slam This bugs for you. zoo. They are carving up this LSU defense They don't get no better than that, man. Now Cook's gonna throw
3: the deep ball, and Burton's caught the defense! Touchdown, Luper Burton! 47 yards! Good place, kick is up. It is... Yes! Oh, a walk-off winner from 61!
2: Harrison Minas!
1: This is the cast Howdy, Tiger fans! Welcome to the cast I'm your host Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dum? Well, Colin, we're coming to you after I guess the fourth week of the football season for the Missouri Tigers, coming off yet another victory. Mizzou beats Memphis in St. Louis, thirty-four to twenty-seven.
0: Brendan. We are, uh, four and oh, and we may have the best wide receiver in the country. Yeah. Brady Cook is, uh, everything I thought he never would be. And I, uh, I am happy to say it. I, I never, honestly, the, the way he played last season, I, I never imagined this was possible. I was like, <laughs> this is a game manager who throws checkdowns because he doesn't physically have the ability to do other things. And it turned out it was just drink wits. Getting in the way. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) he just needed an offensive coordinator and a healthy labrum. And this game is another example where the team kind of had to win in spite of Drinkowitz coaching, you know, his clock management, his timeout uses, but, uh, they keep doing it. And that's what really concerns me is this team is pretty good. And the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator seem to know what they're doing. And if they can just keep Drinkowitz from getting involved, I think they're going to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, we just need Drinkwits to stay on that recruiting trail, get these four or yeah. five-star guys, bring them into the fold, and then stay the fuck away from the playbook. It's
0: right. Let Blake Baker and Kirby Moore do their respective jobs, and uh, you just stay the fuck out of it.
1: You, you recruit. Yeah. I feel like it's a weird position to be in this year, more than any season in the last decade that we've done this show, Colin. In that first two games, I was saying fire Drinkwits this team is no different than it was last year it's boring konzo offense konzo ball you know i, them, I believe you called him konzowitz i believe i called him konzowitz i called it the konz offense and that you know i was attacked we were attacked for being too negative and too reactionary and most of the time colin when we're attacked we're we're right and it it plays itself out but we are not right right now like we no, if this nope. trend continues we were reactionary and We were wrong. We were too negative, I guess, because this is a completely different squad than what we saw before. And it does, you know, people are saying, well, you know, they were holding things back. They didn't want to open the playbook for the first two games. And I was like, but we almost got beat by middle Tennessee. Like at what point you got to, pull up in another page of that playbook. And also we've been waiting for four years for Drinkwood drink to open the playbook, I guess. Well,
0: that's why I'm giving Kirby. Yeah, it was Kirby
1: Moore. I mean, and I, I mean, I had said that he was a puppet offensive coordinator that Drinkwoods was pulling all the strings. Apparently that's not true. Apparently everything I thought the first two weeks is completely wrong. And of course, if you went by my gambling this year, you'd probably say, yeah, you're usually wrong, but no, it's been great. And, we won this game 34 to 27. We won by a touchdown. We were favored by a touchdown. Vegas got it exactly right. We could have easily beaten Memphis by a lot more than that. We were clearly the more talented team. We left a lot of points on the field. We made some mistakes that, you know, there's one thing I will criticize the the coaching staff, Drinkwitz, whoever it may be, the players. The penalties are killing us. Like the, we're going to go up wow. against a team who's a better talent than Memphis or frankly Kansas State. And these penalties are going to bite us in the fucking ass. And it started out of the gate. Drinkwoods had this crazy, like, onside kick, kickoff ploy at the beginning of this game, which worked to a fucking T, only to have it called back because of a stupid, stupid penalty. And you had to reboot the kick, but, like, it was just emblematic of the penalties, the sloppy, sloppy penalties that, Rein in like what you said, an otherwise incredibly talented team. Because I don't know about you, Colin. After watching that, I'm like, this we this could have been a blowout. Could have maybe should well, have been, but could have easily been a blowout.
0: One well, Cody Schrader right now leads the SEC in rushing. And honestly, if you if Nate Pete was getting those snaps, he'd lead the nation in
1: rushing. Like mm-hmm. we're
0: rushing that well. Like we, both these guys are doing great jobs. The running game has been phenomenal. Except for last, you know, except for
1: last week against Kansas State. This is, he's doing this in spite of having a pretty mediocre game a week prior. And so you add it all up, it's great.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the offensive line had a much better game this game.
1: Mm -hmm. That's Um, true. And that's
0: probably to do with, that's probably to do with talent. But yeah, they're, they literally, uh, we could run at will, it felt like at times. And, uh, they couldn't really do much to stop it. The defense is good. Certainly not elite. I'd hoped for elite, but this is not elite. Certainly not yet. Our front four don't get home enough. Now, they had a good game stopping the run, but they didn't get a ton of pressure on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Johnny Walker had a great game. He was the guy who deployed the pressure. Uh, Robinson came out early in the game and never went back in. So, you know, that's a little concerning. I don't know what his injury is, but the way he came out of the game, it made me feel like he was already injured. And they're like, okay, we're going to let him go. And Mm. he's like, he's getting banged up like, all right, he's just, he's not ready and this is not going to get any better. So we're just going to sit you the rest of the game and try to get you healthy.
1: Speaking of injuries, Colin, question marks as far as whether Brady Cook would go in this game. And I said, I did say before this one, I was like, there's no way in hell (laughs) Drinkwoods doesn't put Brady Cook in. He's just a man crush on this guy. Uh, Brady Cook didn't seem the least bit injured to me. I mean, I was more worried about his shoulder. I don't know if you saw on the sidelines. He was holding his shoulder and working it and cringing every time he did it. So I don't know what that was about. But, I mean, he ran when he needed to run. He was able to plant and throw deep passes right out of the gate and just looked fantastic, looked as healthy as ever. So the questions were answered quickly as to whether his health was up to playing against Memphis. And, frankly, he was he's answering all kinds of questions. He's looked great. The last two games, Brady Cook has looked great. And in a year and a half of football, I would have never imagined myself saying that, but there's no other way to put it.
0: Yeah, I mean his statistics are pretty remarkable. And probably the most important statistic that Brady Cook has thrown up with all the yards, all the touchdowns, everything that he's doing is no interceptions. That is he true is protecting the football. And that is so important because really even though this team looks pretty good and we have a lot of talent all over the field, the margin of victory is still going to be small, especially when you start getting into the teeth of the SEC schedule. And so you can't have mistakes, not if you want to win these football games. To this point, if uh, this team makes mistakes, it's not coming at the fans of the quarterback.
1: No, and I mean, you can nitpick a missed throw here or there because certainly they're there. But by and large, you look what Brady Cook is doing and there's, you know, the wins are there and the performance is there. You don't have much room to complain Honestly, a 34-27 to win over Memphis, not on the road, but in a quote-unquote neutral site. I mean, it was clearly a Mizzou-heavy crowd and a Mizzou-heavy environment, but it was a good, solid win. I mean, even though, like I said, it could have been a blowout, Memphis is not a team to be sniffed at. They are a team that year in and year out knocks off Power 5 schools, and we went toe-to-toe with them and came out the victor, and it was classic trap game as well, coming off that Kansas State, dramatic win, looking ahead to Vanderbilt. I mean, it was had all the makings of a classic trap game in a Mizzou fall off your heels. And they didn't. They're 4-0. and They're set up to play Vanderbilt on the road. First true road game, first conference game. Don't sniff at Vanderbilt. They put up 28 against Kentucky, but they are Vanderbilt. God, we win this game next weekend. We're 5-0. and Hosting LSU, ranked. We're, we're number 22 in the Coach's poll, 23 in the AP, I believe. First time ranked in Drinkwitz's tenure. Things are rocking and rolling in a way I would have absolutely never predicted two weeks into the season.
0: It's incredible. I mean, it started with the throw to Johnson. Man, he looked extremely fast.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: After
0: he catches that ball, he runs away from his defender like the guy standing still. What's nice about seeing Theo Weiss and Johnson and Mookie Cooper and these guys getting involved is because Luther Burton is a handful. For any team. And he obviously has drawn a ton of attention. These other guys in the receiving core are getting the opportunities one on one. And Brady Cook is final. It's exactly what you want when you get, I think Luther Burden being in the slot has made all the difference in the world. Yeah. He has been so much more effective in the slot than he was in the outside last year. He's a guy that look, Brady Cook looks like he's just going to throw out whether he's open or not. He's getting that kind of confidence in him. Like, you know, the old joke, you know, (laughs) he's down there somewhere. That's kind of what we're. Luther Bird's down there somewhere. Just chuck it up. He'll find it.
1: And, like you said, with Schrader and Pete having success in the running game, the offense is, dare I say, potent. And Colin, you're right. These other receivers are showing the massive amounts of talent that they have, too. And after the first couple of weeks where it was just constantly throwing the burden and no one else, no one was getting touches, it is amazing how different it looks. And, you know, I don't know what Kansas State's going to end up being this year, but they were a quality opponent. Memphis is a quality opponent. LSU got all they wanted out of Arkansas this last weekend. I don't know what that says about LSU, and I don't know what it says about Arkansas. But the entire SEC looks gettable. Not saying that Mizzou can beat everyone in the SEC, but I'm going to say on their night when Mizzou's playing its best, when it's not making stupid mistakes, when it's not getting lots of penalties, when Brady Cook is cooking, when Luther Burden is doing things that he does, they can beat a lot of teams in this conference this year. And we've said it from the get-go, even when we were hard on Drinkwitz and hard on Cook, if ever there was a year to take advantage of some SEC teams, this is it. I mean, I've got a level of confidence I never would have expected things are going great. I mean it's this isn't as people trash us for being negative all the time. Yeah. Happy, happy, happy. all good.
0: I don't I didn't look at Memphis as a trap game because I feel like those guys were very honed in because they knew they didn't want to come off as a fluke and they were going to a, like a neutral site game. and I think there were things to keep their heads in it. This is the game that more worries me about that trap game is that are we looking forward I mean we're just we're just assuming we're gonna be five and0, we're looking forward to LSU. And I think Drinkwitz and the coaching staff, this is the week they have to be, get those, keep these guys heads in it because this is the, Vanderbilt looks bad and you know, everybody's circling that game against LSU. And that's, that's what makes this a trap game. We should, this shouldn't be close, guys. This one was closer than I would like to been. For some reason, the defense basically in halfway through the third quarter just decided we were going to win. And stop <laughs> really kind of just going after him. Like I just were like please somebody tell the defense the game's not over.
1: Well, I will say Blake um, Baker's defense, Colin, they were giving incredible amounts of yards. Like they, they were they were in prevent, especially on that oh, last drive where Memphis scored. They were giving them 10, 12 yards before a Missouri dude, defender was even on the scene and I'm just like, That's re- too much. That is too soft. And they just marched down the, re- the field. Re- ridiculously soft zone
0: ridiculously soft zone and the problem is is that when you get in the sec schedule you're going to run into luther burden-esque wide receivers maybe not that good but you know four and five star wide receivers are going to be on the football field and if you give them the kind of cushions that mizzou was giving memphis's offense at times they're going to luther burden you you know what i mean they're going to run past your dbs they're going to score touchdowns i mean it. Listen, I, I, I tweeted out during the game. I was like. I hate zone defense. Zone defense is. I don't. That's not true. Zone is. There's a zone is what you play. Sometimes it's fine. But what I really should say is I hate a soft zone defense where these just, just huge pockets where basically wide receivers can just sit down in the zone and catch balls. And uh, man, they were really, really soft on that zone.
1: <laughs> but to the offense's credit, they milked the clock despite Drinkwitz's best efforts to fuck that up. I mean, Drinkwood's <laughs> clock management is abhorrent. And, you know, I've said all along, I don't think Drinkwood's is very smart and I don't think he's a great coach. And I think it's all true. And I think that we can still win despite him because he's such a good recruiter and because he has talented assistant coaches. But golly, I mean, nothing's as bad as the delay of a game in Kansas State, the two delays of games, but most yeah. importantly, the, the field goal one. But he does things every week that makes you like, what the what the fuck yeah. are you doing? Like you you've coached a football <laughs> game before, right? Like you've seen football, you know American football, right? I
0: honestly, not to be a negative millie, but there are. It's certainly in the at least in these last two games, it looks like we we really had to win in spite of some of Drinkwitz's decision making. But it all turned out, and so there's no point in, in belaboring it until it costs us the game, mm-hmm. and maybe it won't. I mean, like, like I said, Drinkwitz is bound to get better, right? He's getting better offensively, right? I mean, we're winning. Well, now. I mean, yeah, it is the getting Rock better. It's clearly
1: getting better. But honestly, Colin, one thing we talked about last week is how the Kansas State win was great. It's something everybody will remember. But if we don't keep winning, it doesn't mean anything. That's still true. You know, we're four and zero right now. But Drinkwitz every year goes six and six, five and seven, seven and six, six and six. Captain five hundred ball, right? This is year four, and he's two games above five hundred as a coach at Mizzou counting all the non-cons, counting all the Vanderbilts. He has to, in my opinion, to make himself seem viable as a head coach, win at least eight games this year. And he is so poised to do it. We are in such a great position. We have had such a wonderful start. He's absolutely poised to do it, but he has to complete it. You know, he, he can't let it fall off. We have to keep this momentum going for him to have that sort of next level jump that we've all been hoping that he will have based on the talent that he has acquired, but we can't let it fall off. And I said it last week again, too. This is the price of victory. It says, let's give me more, you know, like what have you done for me lately? Because you win a little bit and that's fine, but you got to keep winning. If anybody's going to remember you, there's some easy ones in there, but they're not all going to be easy and it's only going to be getting harder. God damn, you know, I don't want to look past Vanderbilt. Cause like you said, this does set up for a conference trap game. You have been burned going to Nashville to watch Mizzou get beat by Vanderbilt, yeah. Colin.
0: Yeah, I've seen it in person. <laughs>
1: it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> Eli Drake, what's
0: mm-hmm. yeah, Two girls, one cup.
1: Well, have I ever uh, seen it? Of course.
0: Well, it's your screensaver. I know on your laptop, mm-hmm, but that's right. The, uh, it's a lot like that. It was a lot like that watching Vanderbilt beat Mizzou. Uh, in Nashville in the rain. That was in the Odom era though.
1: Yeah, it was. But Vanderbilt does that on a semi-regular basis, ruins somebody here. Tennessee yep. has had it happen. There was like a, a several year stretch where Vanderbilt was beating Tennessee. And I mean, You want to see some angst ridden Tennessee fans watch them get beat by Vanderbilt. We have to go out there and win it. And we got the horses to do it. I do worry about injuries piling up. I mean, I'm sure that you were as nervous as I was when Luther Burden came off the field and actually went into the locker room for a bit. I mean, he's, he, I don't want to say he is our offense, but he is. Yeah. I was, he's the gemstone in the ring of our offense
0: he was always holding back his leg i was was afraid he popped his hamstring um which you know would put him out for a couple weeks at least so Mm -hmm. uh then he came back out and uh was on the sideline and got back in the game a little i believe he did so uh uh, that's good yeah so he's taking a beating this year too you know he uh you know he had a sack really early on the game and then went out really early in the game and uh but Johnny Walker Jr. a couple sacks and pressures I mean like he really stepped up. I hadn't really, you know, heard a lot of, uh, about him until this week. And man, he got involved. It seemed like when Robinson
1: got hurt, he really picked it up. He's been and his name has been yo. called quite a bit. I mean, yeah, the, I mean this the defense has been frustrating at times in the in this game particularly where Third down, fourth down situations. They didn't seem like they were able to get off the field in a lot of critical situations, but they are incredibly talented. You know, the cornerbacks, we were, we were losing guys in the secondary left and right injury for a while, but everybody who came in seemed to step up. Norfleet, you know, he wasn't playing and you wouldn't have been bragging on him on the offensive side of the ball. We don't have a bye week for a long time. So I do worry about being healthy for these. Yep. Yeah. I mean, drinks went bragging on his depth. So we're hoping to see it because guys are starting to fall. Memphis was a rough game, man. There's a lot of guys getting hurt. So, and I mean, I think we would do a disservice if we didn't mention the turf in St. Louis. Good Christ, that dome. I mean, here's the thing about the turf in St. Louis. I know the Battle Hawks play in it now, the XFL team there, but it has not been replaced since the Rams left many years ago at this point. And they rent that dome out to like corporate business party conferences and stuff. Guys go out there on that field and they have keggers and they throw the Nerf football around and vomit on that turf all the time. Like Mm -hmm. it is not play ready turf. And I think a lot of the stuff we were seeing – And I mean, honestly, Colin – one of the biggest question marks I had when I was watching it, because it looked just like shit. Which is, was why did they paint the lines like a foot and a half off from where the past lines were, just so you could see all the like the old hash marks and everything? It just, it didn't play well on television. Of course, it was not a sellout there. I think there were about forty-five thousand people there. And God, when we were playing Illinois, we were drawing over sixty thousand. I'm not quite sure why we couldn't draw better in St. Louis or why they didn't paint the turf better, but it's neither here nor there. I think it does get into the question marks as, as far as like, how do we lure in the St. Louis and the Kansas city media markets and why did well, they're they do doing a
0: good job? They're, they're trying to make events there. Zoo to the loo, I believe is the uh, yeah. slogan they've created, which is mm-hmm. smart. You know what I mean? We'll get those Kansas city and St. Louis and lock them down and mm-hmm. make it cool to pay, to play at Mizzou again. And I think, you know, burden is a, St. Louis guy, Schrader's a St. Louis guy, Cook, Cook's a St. Louis guy, tons of St. Louis guys out there doing their thing. Hopefully a, a ton of St. Louis, future Mizzou Tigers in the crowd watching, thinking, I want to play there because that's my hometown football team.
1: You know, Brady Tuffhart is really sort of living out his little dream come true with this whole thing, especially have showing out in his hometown. And we've always said, like, it's great to have a little story, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't win, if you're not any good. Well, now he's good. (laughs) You know, it's 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 not just the Rudy story where it gets in at the end, everybody cheers for him, talks about his tough heart. But I I mean, Colin, we're it's getting to the point where I'm looking at that schedule and and counting wins. I don't know what you what you would be satisfied, because you have been not as hard on drink as I have. I'm I drew a line in the sand that's an eight's what I need to see to be satisfied. I don't know if it's any different for you.
0: I think after this start certainly has to be. I mean, that's like you said, the only th- the one thing that comes with wins is expectations. And when you're four and zero, and hopefully going to be five and zero, I mean, you only got to pick up three more wins the rest of your season to hit that, and that's a pretty low bar. Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: well, especially when you I, look at the the guys were the teams were playing, who aren't just setting the world on fire either.
0: Yeah, I mean, we got after LSU, we play Kentucky at Kentucky. though you know, that's always a tough game for us. Kentucky is kind of Owned our asses. Um, but we certainly look a better team than Kentucky right now. Then we go, uh, South Carolina comes to us. Uh, South Carolina has looked a little bit schizophrenic. They've looked good at times. Uh, they lost this weekend. I, I you know, we should win that game, especially at home. You know, so there's another win for you. Let's see. You know, truthfully, you could lose to the LSU and I don't think anybody's going to hang Drinkwitz for a loss at LSU. No. You know, they will for Vanderbilt, but not LSU. So let's say you get to five and one. I mean, it's very, very conceivable. You can beat Kentucky and South Carolina. And now you're seven and one. Heading to Georgia. And let's say you lose to Georgia. And now you're seven and two. And now you got Tennessee. And let's say you lose to Tennessee too, just for the sake of argument. You're seven and three. Then you got Florida and Arkansas. Two opportunities to get to eight and nine wins. Because Florida does not look good. Arkansas does not look good. So I mean, this is this is some wild speculation, but yeah, you know, I look at the schedule. If I give them a loss to Tennessee, you, you could you, they still win nine games. Yeah. So you know, and really, if you take care of business against Vanderbilt, you could even lose to Kentucky or South Carolina and still manage to get to eight wins. I look at the schedule as it stands right now and think they should win nine games. Eight should be in the bag.
1: famous last words but yeah well colin i mean i remember before this season started we were pretty optimistic i mean we went through this schedule and i think i said eight wins and then the next week i dialed it back to seven just because i felt like that was too pie in the sky and everything had to go exactly right for anything like that to happen but i look at where we stand today and i didn't have kansas state as a win even early on even before the season started and we we were past them now, you know, and as this season continues to go by and as the winds are piling up, every other win seems a little bit more reasonable. Honestly, Colin, every game we play, I'm not saying we're going to win all the rest of them, but every game we play except for Georgia is there's a possibility that we could win. I'm not I'm going to when they kick off, I'm going to have some hope in my heart that this is going to be a win. Even the LSU game. And even the Tennessee and Florida games, for sure. I'm going to say, we could, you know, things go right. We could win this game. We could win this game. LSU, Tennessee, Florida, they're all at home. You know, those are all home games. The South Carolinas, the Kentuckys, the Arkansases—now those are not gimme games, but they're not on the same level as Florida, Tennessee, and LSU. And those are our road games. Well, like, we've got the more difficult Kentucky- games at home.
0: Tennessee looks a lot more gettable this year than they have uh, in previous
1: years. They do not look like the and, last couple of years, for sure.
0: And, uh, really, I mean, if you just watch the, basically the SEC roundup, uh, show on SEC network at the end of the night, no team looked better than Mizzou. You know, Georgia looked pretty good, obviously, but I mean, especially when you start talking about those teams we sort of look at, like, look at as our contemporaries, you know, Kentucky, Florida, South Carolina, I mean, Mizzou looked worlds better than those teams.
1: Well, there's only been two types of schedules. There's been the Kentucky type schedule where you don't play anybody and really don't know anything about your team because of it. Or you start out and you have a tough game early, like Tennessee and like Florida. And they've got losses on their record because they don't look good against the better talent. And so Mizzou... We played a ranked opponent. We played Kansas State in our third week, and we came out the victor. We are in the rarefied air in this conference where we had a difficult early schedule, and we came out flawless. So, yeah, I mean, when people talk about Mizzou being one of the better teams in the conference, it's warranted at this point. Yeah,
0: especially as compared to the, the competition they're having in the East. I mean, honestly, the way it looks right now with a 4-0 start, a win with a ranked opponent, it's conceivable that Mizzou finishes second in the SEC
1: East. I look at the entire SEC even in the west and I look at who we have to play. LSU and Alabama obviously tough teams. A&M they they beat Auburn but they looked like shit. Auburn looks terrible. LSU and Alabama they look good, right? Like they they obviously are contenders. Texas A&M and Auburn you know Texas A&M beat Auburn, but I think Auburn sucks and Texas A&M didn't look that much better. Old Miss they're pretty good, but they showed that they're kind of the same boat they were A year ago, when Alabama showed them their ass, Arkansas, Mississippi State, those are beatable teams. Arkansas gave LSU all they wanted, but they have not looked great. They've already got two losses. The entire west, east, it doesn't matter. I mean, Missouri can compete in this conference this year, no doubt.
0: Arkansas goes as their quarterback goes. He's he's pretty good when he's good. He can be pretty bad when he's bad. But he is definitely the straw that stirs the drink there, so it kind of... Uh, that's, I feel like that's, that game's going to come down to what does the defense do with Arkansas's quarterback? I mean, Can we get a pressure on him? Can we get him off the spot? From a, a holistic standpoint, this team looks a lot better, but a quarterback can make up for a lot of deficiencies.
1: Well, before, I feel like
0: we've gone into SEC around the whole
1: I know. I was going to say maybe it's a good time to, uh, to shut her down, take our first break, and then come back because we are kind of looking ahead. But, it it was a good win at Memphis. You know, uh, Schrader had the early fumble, and then he completely yeah. won himself back by having a great game, including a, a touchdown that to ice the game. Missouri had a very solid win in a situation where they could have fallen on their face. Things are rolling in the right direction. A lot of the fans called in and had their thoughts about it too. We'll get to that after the break. This is the Misadcast. <laughs> Hey guys, Mazzodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazzodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets. are back. Colin, we mentioned how happy we were about the performance this weekend. Let's hear what the listeners had to say. It's time to dive into the Mazzocchiast Mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails.
0: It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to whale.
3: Hey, baby. Early 7-0. Leave. Let Brady cook. I love it. Problem is this field looks like shit. <laughs> like I have ten year old boys, they play on stuff better than this on Saturday morning. Like what the fuck is this? It looks like a Pee Wee Junior League field. Like I don't know. And there's nobody in the upper deck. Like come on, man. Like Mizzou needs to play in Arrowhead again or something. Like that'd look a lot better. But anyway, good start, MIZ.
1: Yep. No, it was weird that we couldn't sell more tickets than that. Uh, but you know, we haven't been good for a while, so we got to build it, and this is a start.
0: I don't think Memphis is going to travel that well to St. Louis. You know, it's not like their team's supposed to be super good or anything.
1: Yeah, that's right. When we you know, played there like, last time, we played Illinois, which we brought a natural fan base to St. Louis.
4: Hey, fellas, Mizzou fan trapped in Georgia here. So listen to the announcers suck the Kirby Moore's dick and then see him run option into the boundary and then throw it away to the back of the end zone. It's great, hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage, garbage, garbage. garbage. All right, as a Kansas City native, I have to say the Dome is a perfect example of how trash of a city St. Louis is. Let's hope we make it out of here without any injuries. All right, we're up at half by seven. M-I-Z.
1: Yeah, the, I mean, the Dome is shitty, but, like, I, I, said, I tweeted something about how shitty the Dome looked, and some St. Louis guy, like, went after me. I think St. Louis people get really defensive really fast. The Dome is not emblematic of your entire city, (laughs) despite what this Kansas City guy says. You have a fine city, St. Louis, but the Dome is trash, and you have to admit that. And I think most St. Louis people would admit that the Dome is trash. They should play in St. Louis and Kansas City. These are our major metro areas. It's not a competition, everybody. We want St. Louis people, we want Kansas City people to all be pouring into the fan base of Mizzou. Uh, but yeah, yeah it'd be great find to see some
0: common ground. Yeah. Our Kansas City and St. Louis—just everybody hate Kansas together.
1: That's right. We can all hate Kansas. Doesn't matter where you're from.
0: Not happy about how the game's going, but I
3: think you guys should consider Johnny Walker for Player of the Game, regardless of how this
0: turns out. Thanks, But yeah, he had a good one. We yeah. had a
1: good one. And the first quarter was bad, right? Like, we, we were down 10-7 in the first quarter, and we righted the ship, and things went well after that. But, yeah, we, we, it, we had our ups and downs. It's kind of to be expected.
3: I would much rather listen to the shitty announcers they give us on the SEC Network alternate channel every week, because these fucking announcers on ESPNU are garbage, especially the woman fucking Beth Moen's club. Sorry, you're shit. This is fucking awful. I want to turn my TV off.
0: <laughs> you know, he brings up a good point in that, and not just Mizzou, like just in general, like you talk about a profession that doesn't got a lot of depth. You know what I mean? Like there's, everybody knows there's some good ones out there, the announcers and what have you, but my God, some of these, you know, some of the B squad announcing crews, I'm like, how did you get this job?
1: Well, the problem with Mizzou is it is not a draw in a game like this where it is on the, you know, the ESPN plus network we do seem to get the people who are cutting their fucking teeth, you know, that have never done this before, a lot.
0: Well, my thing is, is you're working with several billion people on this planet. Sure. Um, it's hard for me to believe that, like, even the D squad they're sending to St. Louis to cover the Mizzou game has to be this bad.
1: Yet, week in and week out, Colin, they are.
3: Hey, fellas. Chase Macklin here, taking a piss post-game. Uh, just a couple thoughts. One, Luther should just change the name on the back of his fucking jersey and that they should just put him on it because that dude is fucking certified him second uh, freshman looked great Marvin Burke's fucking baller uh, a couple other guys receivers looking good love the new offense looks like Kirby Moore's actually calling plays now which is nice to see good to get out of your trap game like that let's roll on to bandy whoop their ass and then game day in Como cheers boys see you week six
1: did I miss the memo this year Colin where everybody was if you like somebody, you say he is him. Like he is him. It's yeah, like, did. The, that yeah, is like, that is the you thing did. to say. Like, I, I mean, you look online yeah. and you're just getting old. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't get it. You don't pass the vibe check <laughs> nope. I'm, too much. I, I'm sure that I don't vibe out. Right. But, yeah. Um, it does seem. I feel like with Bruh, social media, things pop into Bruh, the. Bro, you totally
0: obsessed vernac- on God, on God.
1: <laughs> but the, things pop into the vernacular fast, and they fade out fast too. But but he is him he is, is him. like the thing to him. say right now.
3: Wasn't pretty, but we got a win. We got a cover for those of us who got in at uh, six and a <laughs> half. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
3: you take being four and zero. Oh. I uh, got a win against Danny next week to keep it moving. Uh, Brady Cook played great. Luther Burton played great. Uh, I wish the defense would strengthen up a little bit. They take a lot of series off, it seems, but are stout at other times. But, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll take B and 4-0 heading into October every time.
1: I'll tell you what we did get out of the defense that I was hoping for was turnovers. We picked yeah. up a key interception that was something that we hadn't been doing a lot of, but much needed, and they pulled it off. So, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. It was a fair assessment of our defense this week. They take some series off.
0: Howdy,
3: boys. Kevin from Kirkwood currently walking through the uh, Horseshoe Casino, a.k.a. Lumiere Place, a.k.a. whatever the hell you want to call it. You're in downtown. Good game. Win's a win. I'll take it. I mean, you got to play the balls that lies. Luther Burden gets hurt, taken out of commission. But, again, you play the game that's in front of you.
4: Win's a win. Three points is three points. 4-0 great showing from the from the supporters here in the 314 and it was season 9 so good night M-I-Z
1: Colin you and I have gotten kicked out of the Lumiere Casino before
3: yeah we sure have I don't remember what for
1: Uh, one of our party was deemed too inebriated to be seen in public
0: (laughs) not fit
1: (laughs) for For polite society society.
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's how we have fun that's how we cut it up
4: you are looking live at a 4-0 Missouri football team for the first time since I was in college. God damn it, Sean from St. Louis. I love this team. We keep fucking up, making dumb mistakes, but god damn it, we keep winning too. I'll take it for now. I know I'm going to get my heart broken next week or the week after that, but god damn it for now, I'm all in, baby. M-I-Z.
0: Yeah, I'm going I will personally drive to Columbia and go to the locker room and fight and lose, obviously, to these football players if they lose to Vanderbilt. <laughs> But I will try. I'll be so angry that I will let them destroy me while I try to fight them.
1: You talked about it being a trap game, Colin. I do have to say I was a little bit nervous. I think Cody Schrader said, we're 4-0, looking to be 5-0. And I'm like, don't say it like it's a guarantee, bub. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, let's, not, let's play, Mandy. Let's not skip past them. We, they do play football there. I mean, they're not great at it, but they uh, – <laughs>
3: What's up, fellas? Huge fan of the show. First, I just want to say our fucking defense sucks goddamn cock. We're going to give up fucking points to Memphis? Really? They barely covered on Navy. What the fuck are we doing? I'm getting sick and tired of this shit, but guess what? Mizzou, 4-0. Let's go. M-I-Z.
0: But that is hot
1: garbage. Hot garbage. <laughs> Our defense does no, not, suck, pretty, but they, yeah, not they suck, but they're not elite either.
0: They have not been good enough either. I mean, yeah. they've got more talent than they're showing at times. I think, like I said, I think that you know, the caller said it well. They seem to take some some series off. If they can find some consistency, then I, I think they can get us to where we want to go. But its it's been frustrating at times, make no mistake.
4: Well, hey, boys. J.D. from Arkansas checking in with you. Man, I have got to uh give credit where credit is due. I talk more shit about Brady Cook. Well, maybe not as much as you guys have, but uh, I talk a <laughs> more shit about Brady Cook. And that, my night, showed out. three hundred other fucking 40-something yards, two touchdowns. I fucking hate Memphis uh, Tigers, man. I can't stand them. didn't like them when they were the universe, the fucking Memphis State University. The only good things that come out of Memphis were Elvis and barbecue. So... <laughs> Uh, Luther Burton is a grown-ass man. You can tell that motherfucker was eating uh, ham and cheese sandwiches as a kid or something, because that bitch is grown now. He showed out tonight. Really impressive win for you guys. Ford fucking O. You know, Arkansas got our... We got fucking beat again. Once a fucking jam by three goddamn points. I'm so fucking sick of Arkansas losing by three points to LSU. Corn have having eaten motherfuckers, man, from LSU. <laughs> anyway... I gotta let out some frustration. I think I'm gonna take this home record dildo and, uh, this 16 inch behemoth of a fucking dildo and go in there and wear my wife's asshole out.
2: <laughs> <It's a> railroad <laughs> fucking ass, I'm, just,
4: I'm so fucking upset there about our but you guys gave me, uh, y'all's team gave me some, uh, you know, a little bit of relief and, uh, some optimism. Hopefully you guys will have a good season. Looks like we're on a fucking four and eight trajectory, uh, trajectory, uh, for our season, but whatever it is what it is. But anyway, uh, congratulations to you guys, man. Your, your team's making me a fucking believer. I might have to just jump on the fucking bandwagon and, uh, and fucking switch teams or something. I don't know, man. Anyway, you guys Damn. have a good one.
0: That's, that's a bold statement there. I don't I, see it I happening. will say this of our, again, of our Brady Cook. Like, listen, in our defense, Brady Cook had never had a game like he's had the last two games ever. Like there had been no sign of this. I mean, people give him credit. Like, well, he's pretty good in that Georgia game. I was like, he was just okay in that Georgia game. You know, he was okay. He would just been bad every other game. So, my by comparison against a really good team, looked pretty good. But like, he didn't. Ha- he has never had a game in a Mizzou Tiger uniform that has looked anything like Kansas State or Memphis. And so, in our defense, like, he looks awesome. He's my. That's my quarterback quarterback now. <laughs> now? But like I said, when we were when we were dragging him behind the truck, you know, he was playing bad football. Yeah. He is playing awesome football now. And if he continues to play awesome football, you know, he will go on the Mount Rushmore of Mizzou quarterbacks along with Chase Daniel and Blaine Gabbard. And,
1: Darius uh, Outlaw?
0: Well,
1: <laughs> I'm mean, I thinking
0: more Brad Smith.
1: Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure, I guess.
0: You know, but anyway, but yeah, I, I, he is a, uh, He's playing phenomenal right now. I, I don't want to beat a dead uh, a dead horse with any the uh, Brady Cook stuff, because he's playing phenomenal football.
1: Well, and I don't want to give Tennessee credit for Elvis either, Uh J.D. Uh, he's from Tupelo, Mississippi, so they don't get Elvis. I'll give them the barbecue points, but, uh, yeah, fuck them.
3: Hey, what's up, you fucking idiot? Man, what a game that was. Just
1: Phil.
4: Hell of a lot of fun. I guess because they haven't played in St. Louis forever, but, yeah, it was fun, man. I learned Coach Drink is a, uh, avid listener of your hot garbage hobo cum bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, hot, hot garbage garb-
1: hobo cum.
4: Yeah, anyway, I hadn't called in yet, so go fuck yourselves.
3: Uh, you guys are both parents, and, uh, I gotta know, how old can I let my kids start listening to this? Because little super fan Phil is on the way, so look the fuck out world. Oh, go man. fuck yourselves, M-I-D, fuck K-U.
1: Phil, you, Phil has bred, apparently. Yep. He has shared his seed with a woman. Wow, a human woman. One can only assume. Well, I don't think there's a limit. I don't think there's a minimum age in which you can start listening to the cast Colin. Do you?
0: No. And um, my uh, opinion about all things television, movies, music, I'm like, let them listen to it all and pick what they like. <laughs> and you're like, what well, it's... It's, you know, when are you going to hide them from the world? How long can you hide a kid from the word fuck? Honestly, no, uh, every, have... every kid I went to school with, Brennan, whose parents squeezed them and beat them over the head with a Bible, ended up doing meth by the time they were 22 years old. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Or maybe that, maybe the, that stuff sets in and they grew up weird the rest of their life. Yeah. You know what I mean? They get a hot life, are... They only get to fuck through a hole in a sheet, you know, <laughs> to procreate. They spend all their time going to like church functions, their kids are like socially awkward because they've never gone anywhere where people weren't super superficially nice because their entire existence is church picnics. And they like Branson
1: you know I mean? weirdly like, too much.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's, it's just a, Hey man, let your kids live. I always tell my kids, apologize to no one for the things that you love.
1: Well, and I've had yeah. people come to me and say, Hey, I love your podcast, but I gotta be careful, man. I pick up the kids and I'm listening in the car on my Bluetooth and oh they can't hear. I got to turn it to something else. I'm like, well, fuck that shit. And, kids need to hear the yeah. truth.
0: Well, the, the kids definitely should not listen to this, um, but, um,
1: they should you know,
0: after having said all that, but just advice for super fan, Phil,
1: don't squeeze him too tight. Oh, and if you are in their car right now and your kids are with you, pussy tits, fuck ass.
3: Uh, hey guys, Chandler here. So I guess, Brett Sarver was right about something, that big jolly sloth motherfucker. The first time in his life, somehow all of a sudden thrown for 300 yards in two straight games. It makes no sense. I don't know how the fuck you could have seen that in the first two weeks and said, oh, yeah, he'll throw it for 300 yards. But well, I, I don't understand it. But I'm happy with it, obviously. I, I don't see how anyone could have seen that coming. But with that being said, the, our coach still believes his special needs. We have terrible clock management. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on with the clock. We have stupid fucking penalties. Every fucking possession it seems like. We had a penalty that killed the, killed us. And, uh, somehow those motherfuckers were 0 for fucking 8 on third down. How the fuck do you go 0 for 8 on third down, and score 34 points?
2: Yeah. Uh,
3: I mean, cool. I'm happy we won. Uh, but those motherfuckers made it fucking stressful. We should have, it felt like we were up by fucking 20 at points. And, uh, one last thing. I don't know what the fuck's going on in St. Louis. But I don't, they had his fucking player on, but fucking Velcro. That was fucking ridiculous. All right. See you guys. M-I-G. We're happy.
1: Man, he needs a podcast because that it. It was a really good analysis, yeah. really.
0: Yeah. And I get it, too. The uh, the Brady Cook stands are can be pretty annoying. You know what I mean? Like, like, I told you. I yeah. told you. Now, he'd done nothing to prove it, but I told you. Yeah. And now that he's proved it, I can't believe how many more Brady Cook stands there are. Yeah. You know, like, a lot of. I mean, there was Brett Sarver. God love him. He was in. He was in from the beginning. Yeah, you know he's I mean? true like blue. I, now there's a lot of people in our mentions. I'm like, I don't ever remember hearing from you before. Well, and people I'm are sure entitled to, to
1: dance on our graves, and well, they should. Sure. But. Sure. I mean, there's also a lot of people that all they want is smoke and sunshine blown straight up their fucking asshole. And I'm like, sorry, we give critical analysis, and sometimes that's well, I'm pretty critical. Sure
0: there's an entire uh, like Twitter group text community thing that hates our guts just for not constantly pumping sunshine.
3: Put new turf in the dome and make the state of Illinois pay for it. MIZ,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It sounds like good politics. I want to take this moment uh, to appreciate that short voicemail because I don't know why this game of TikTok. We had lots of minute 45, two minute, two minute and 20 second voicemails. And guys, I'm telling you, when we see two minutes and 20 seconds, we don't even start listening to it. It just gets deleted. (laughs) Nobody gets to talk for two and a half uninterrupted minutes on this show except me. Brandon (laughs) doesn't even get that. Why would you get that?
1: I get interrupted for sure. Yeah, Britain, Britain doesn't even get that. How the hell do you guys think you're going to get it? We, no, we, and it, it's just practical. Cause like if we had 10 guys who had two minute voicemails and we do, we do, we absolutely do tonight. That's 20 minutes of podcast devoted strictly to voicemails. And I know people get sick of too many voicemails. I know it. I have trouble cutting them voicemails out. I want to play everybody's, but it's just too much. It's just too much. So keep it short and bring the heat. <laughs> that's right. We like funny, we like mean. I think this is too, anything else, <laughs> Colin, you would like to add?
0: Yeah, uh, funny's always great. Funny, it's mean, drunk, ad.
1: right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Also, when we get a lady call, I don't think we've ever not played a lady call. They're few and four between, but if, if a female calls in, um, they pretty much make the cut. <laughs> there you have it.
0: Yeah, hey, no Carolina jackpot this week. I, maybe the losses are finally getting to him.
1: I mean, he's going to be like that JD from him.
0: Arkansas. I just fully jump on board the Mizzou train.
1: Well, I don't believe JD. JD, come the Mizzou Arkansas game, he's going to fully want us to lose. And Arkansas will win a few games, but I do think that the, the Pittman shine is clearly worn off in just the mm-hmm. same way that all the shines have worn off all the Arkansas coaches in the entire time that we have been in the SEC and almost the entire time that Arkansas has been in the SEC. They just haven't been as good as they think they are. And so I know it is. I mean, it's hard to be a Mizzou fan, but I know it's also hard to be an Arkansas fan. So um, my my heart goes out to J.D., especially, uh, yeah, getting beat by LSU by three. Maybe we can beat LSU for him. You know, maybe that will uh, ease the pain. That would make me happy. Yeah. All right, Colin, we tried to get into this in the uh, first segment uh, because we're kind of just optimistic about the future for the first time in a long time, so I don't think we can control ourselves. But uh, let's look around the rest of this league. It's time to go around the horn. we
4: we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC.
1: Jesus loves football. It's starting to get good Colin I feel like the first couple of weeks of around the horn it's just you list off a bunch of giant wins over letter schools but there's still a few letter schools out there but the games are starting to matter Georgia, number one Georgia played University of Alabama, Birmingham. They took care of business 49-21 to 21 at home. The number one team in the country moves to 4-0. Arkansas, LSU, we mentioned this one a little bit. JD was lamenting their loss. 34-31, LSU won on a last-second field goal. Arkansas surprisingly gave LSU all they wanted for a good long while, but ultimately fell to the number 12 Tigers from LSU. LSU's now 3-1, and one, two weeks out from their big contest against Mizzou. Are you surprised that Arkansas was as competitive as they were against LSU, Colin?
0: I don't know. I feel like LSU or Arkansas, especially at this point in the season, always plays teams tough, and that later in the season they, they get but like the less, less and less enthusiasm they have. You know, They realize at that point, like, oh, it's just another standard Arkansas season where the everybody in the West treats us like a fucking doormat. And uh, a doormat that's used as a cum rag, I might add. And, um, <laughs> sure. They, so, you know, like, that's what's good for Mizzou like, we always play them at the end of the year. So they always, they're always up for our game because, uh, they hate us so much mm-hmm. uh, because we're not their rival.
1: That's not what I hear, um, Colin. They, they lose because they don't care about playing us. That's what they tell us.
0: Well, whatever, whatever the thing is, they, they've basically given up by the time they get to us most of the time, which is yeah, nice.
1: Sure. So, you take that. Hope they give up again this year. Well, that takes us to one of the top battles in conference we've seen so far, which is number 15 Ole Miss faced number 13 Alabama. Ole Miss was licking their chops as that uh, Nick Saban's squad had not looked as good. Brendan? Yeah?
0: How are we going to get this far into SEC around the horn without the fine bot? He's sitting here.
1: Oh, my God. I forgot to. Oh, my God. Sorry, Colin. I am so sorry. Would you, would you fire him up for us? Of course.
3: Alabama 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 there Nick
1: he Saban is. Hey there Paul. I am so sorry for forgetting to bring you into this before.
3: You should be fired.
1: You're right. You're right, Paul. <laughs> All right. So let's go into the old Miss Alabama game. Uh, Nick Saban's team had not looked so great going into this one and Lane Kiffin, former protégé of Nick Saban is always looking at his chops trying to get that first win over his former boss and uh couldn't pull it out this week, 24-10. to 10. Alabama beats them by a solid two touchdowns. Part of me wonders if maybe Lane Kiffin should stop trolling Nick Saban so hard all the week leading up to these games because he just pisses Saban off, and then they kick the shit out of Ole Miss eventually.
0: Well, that's what I always think. It's like for all the the bluster and like the sort of showmanship and the arrogance that uh, that uh, Kiffin loves to sort of live his life by, it's like, man, you ain't P a drop. Yet no. in one of these games, like when's it gonna? When is it all this bravado gonna pay off against Alabama? Because Nick Saban owns your ass.
1: Well, and if not this year, when? Because Alabama yeah. was down, I, and, and honestly, in the first half, so in the first half almost led seven to six. Alabama looked as bad as they had been looking through the rest of the season. But Ole Miss couldn't get anything. Ole Miss and their vaunted offense could not get anything going. And the second half wasn't any better. All they could muster muster was a field goal. Meanwhile, Alabama started to finally pour it on. Well, I think
0: Alabama's, most of their
1: problems are on the offensive side of the ball. I think their defense is still... Going to give most teams all they want. It is, it's true. It's starting to look like Lane Kiffin just isn't ever going to be capable of beating his old boss. And then you do kind of wonder, it's like, hey, maybe dial back the drink wits routine when you're dealing with saving because it is clearly not working out in your favor. And it takes us to the next game. Tennessee, number 23 in the country, took UTSA, which I think is the University of Texas San Antonio, but I think I suggested it er, last week that it was unlimited tits, some ass. 45 to 14, Tennessee wins that one. Florida took on Charlotte at home, number 25, Florida won 22 to 7. Didn't look that good. Charlotte stayed in this for a long time. Florida, other than their weird win over Tennessee, just doesn't look that scary. Yeah, I'm hoping that Tennessee, it just happens to
0: be as bad as Florida.
1: Yeah, that would be the uh, the dream come true. I mean, if we could count two win- if we could get, beat Tennessee and Florida this year with the start we've had, Katie, bar the door. It's going to be a great year. Dude, if we can beat Tennessee, the Sour Grapes. Oh. oh, my God, yeah. We thought Kansas State was pouring it on with the Sour Grapes. By the way, Kansas State fans still crying in my DMs. Still. Yeah, but my God, Tennessee... You know, we had a long stretch where all we ever did was beat Tennessee. And, of course, they cried worse than any other fan base in the SEC. But they've had two years where they have just forgotten the last 20 years of being terrible because they've been good for two seasons. If we could beat these motherfuckers. Drinkwitz, I'll tell you this. I said eight wins. I needed Drinkwits to get eight wins before I could climb back on the bandwagon. If he beats Tennessee, I don't care how many wins we have. I will be a very happy person. Beat the fucking balls. All right, Florida beat Charlotte, didn't look good. Texas A&M and Auburn, I watched all of this game, and it was fucking ugly football. Texas A&M beat them handily, 27-10. to Auburn's quarterback, I mean, however bad I thought Brady Cook was at the beginning of this year, Colin, Auburn's quarterback is fucking worse. I'm sure they got to look at the Oregon Ducks with Bo Nix just lighting it up against Colorado and just grimacing because – he It wasn't like Auburn receivers weren't getting open. They were. He was just throwing it 10 feet over these guys' heads. He couldn't connect with anybody. Auburn looks fucking terrible because Texas A&M didn't look that good either. It's just that all they had to do was beat Auburn, which they did. Honestly, neither of these teams look very scary, and they're indicative of why nobody's that scared of the SEC this year.
0: Honestly, I mean, when I flip through these games, I mean, nobody looks like world beaters except for Georgia,
1: Kentucky. We mentioned earlier played Vanderbilt. They won this one 45 to 28. I don't think Kentucky likes having given up 28 to Vanderbilt. And certainly I don't like to see it either heading there next weekend, but Kentucky got the win. Vanderbilt allowed a ton of points as they have been doing most of the year. They're only two and three on the season. If our Brady cook led Luther burden offense continues to look like it has the last two weeks, we ought to be able to run rough shot over Vanderbilt. Um, I'd like to see our defense stiffen up and give fewer points to Vanderbilt than Kentucky did. It makes me feel like Kentucky's weak, and I don't know what it makes me think about Vanderbilt. But uh, it's just more head scratching football out of the SEC, I guess.
0: Yeah, I hope it means Kentucky's bad. Yeah, That's what I hope it means you know, honestly, it looks like Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky. You know, all these teams that we have to deal with, South Carolina. None of them have looked as good as Mizzou so far.
1: Arkansas. That doesn't
0: mean we'll beat all those teams. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Mizzou has, I mean, Mizzou's 4-0. They've obviously looked better. Yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. the, the record shows, says everything you need to know.
1: Well, Mississippi State took on South Carolina. South Carolina ended up the victor 37-30 to over the 2-2 Bulldogs. South Carolina moved up to 2-2. They haven't looked great either, but they went toe-to-toe. With Mississippi State, I don't know that that means much. I think Mississippi State's probably the worst team in the West right now. So, I mean, good for South Carolina for pulling off the win. And then a the final game of the week was our Missouri Tigers winning 34-27 to over Memphis, which vaulted us into the top 25. So let's move ahead to next week. And we've got number 22 now, Florida, 3-1 and taking on Kentucky in Lexington. This will be an interesting matchup because Kentucky has not really played anybody, and Florida has not looked good in their game so far other than one win over Tennessee. So the Wildcats are actually favored at home by a field goal over Florida. What do you think?
0: It's hard to know. I I honestly would pick Kentucky. I mean, uh, I know Florida beat Tennessee, but I didn't see any of that game. But I have seen part of the two games that they lost. And they looked like trash in both of those games. Hot trash. Hot garbage. Hot
1: garbage. If you will. It's not a game that I would want to bet because I don't know much about Kentucky based on the fact that they haven't played anybody yet. (sighs) If I had to pick, I'm just going to say Florida... Because I feel like Kentucky's so untested. Uh, And at least Florida has had a somewhat difficult schedule to date. But I wouldn't feel good about it. I certainly wouldn't want to put money on this one. Moving ahead, the other 11 o'clock game is Texas A&M will be playing at Arkansas. I feel like these are probably two evenly matched teams that aren't looking that great right now. But have a few wins under their belt. The roster on
0: A&M, they should be good. They have got a ton of talent. They should beat Arkansas. And if they don't, it is all about
1: coaching. They are uh, seven point favorites at the Jerry Dome in Dallas. Yeah, I, uh, these are middle tier West teams right now. And honestly, like it, if Missouri had to play either of these teams right now, I wouldn't be super scared. So we'll see. We don't have to worry about Texas AM this year, but we'll see what Arkansas looks like. And it'll just give us a little more data points going into the final game of the year. 230 matchup. The CBS game of the week is number one, Georgia playing Auburn. Georgia's gonna win this. It's not even gonna be close. They're 16-point favorites. Auburn looked as bad as I've ever seen them. And they looked like shit last year. So it's a joke of a game. Georgia's gonna, it's a free win for Georgia. LSU is going to Ole Miss. LSU's now number 13 in the country. Ole Miss has dropped to 20 after their loss to Alabama. LSU's favored by three. I don't know. I can kind of see Ole Miss maybe trying to get right after their loss, but LSU kind of just looks a little bit better and better each and every week. So, I don't know. I am not a believer in Ole Miss right now.
0: I didn't see anything against Alabama that made me go, oh, yeah, this is a great team.
1: LSU can throw it all over the field, and Ole Miss is going to have to figure out a way to. I mean, their defense has been sort of bend but don't break until they played Alabama, but we'll see. Um, Remember
0: when Ole Miss gave themselves a – defensive nickname even though their defense was trash remember the land sharks are they still the land sharks
1: i think colin that's like they're you know they had to get rid of their mascot because you know it was mm-hmm. racist <laughs> like their uh then- like their team name and their entire heritage but uh, yeah and so they adopted the sharks as like their well first they adopted some stupid bear which had no Oh, I hope
0: they still were a bear
1: uh, no, they got rid of the bear. They're the fucking sharks now. That like that is their like mascot it is a shark that goes around it. And it's from a defensive nickname from like a decade ago. So, but the reality is, you get out of the stadium and everybody's back to the old racist Civil War Confederate Rebel <laughs> yeah. Colonel Reb. You know, what I mean, like it's yeah. they have their real official mascot that nobody cares about the shark. And then they're like, hey, but we kind of prefer the super old racist guy. That, that,
0: they Like that ana, antebellum sort of.
1: Yeah, foghorn leghorn feel. in human form. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, what LSU does this week will tell us what we got to look forward to in the following week.
0: Our mascot is a slave owner who fought America. That's rally.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yes. He is a traitor to our country.
0: Yeah, He, he is basically Don Johnson in Django Unchained. But, uh, yeah, we're pretty proud of him.
1: Yeah, it sums Hold up who on. we are as a people. Moving on to South Carolina, Tennessee, Tennessee number twenty-one in the country, three and one is favored by eleven and a half over Carolina. It is in Knoxville. This will tell Jackpot what kind of team he's actually looking at right now. I mean, t- South Carolina needs a signature win, and this is the opportunity to do it. I'm happy anytime the the balls get beat, but if they do pull off the win over Tennessee, I mean, maybe that'll tell us Tennessee sucks, but. It'll make me a little bit more worried about South Carolina for sure. And then we've got uh, Alabama taking on Mississippi State and Starkville. Alabama's a 14.5-point favorite. I assume they will win this one easily. Mississippi State is no good this year. They're hot garbage. hot,
2: hot garbage.
1: garbage. Um, and then finally, the 3 o'clock game on the SEC Network, number 23 in the country, the University of Missouri Tigers, will take on Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee, to try to go 5-0 and for the first time in God knows when. Uh, certainly the first time in the Eli Drinkwoods era. Um, Missouri is favored by 13 in this one. Uh, here's what I think, Colin. I think Missouri will win. I bet they don't cover.
0: Well, the um, uh, what did they say? This is the first one time four no, since 2013. So a year before we started this podcast. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah, over a decade. We
0: need this season, Brian. I mean, I, we have had some lean years. We started mm-hmm. – We came out of the gate pretty hot. We had just won the
1: East. Right.
0: And then we won it again.
1: Yeah. Our first year of the podcast, we win the division. Go to the SEC championship game. Things are going great. What a good time to start a podcast.
0: And then 2015 happened. I'm not sure if you remember what happened in 2015. (laughs) If you don't, ask Clay Travis. He talks about it three times a week. Yeah. But, yeah, we had a bit of a protest.
1: I don't know if you do. You remember this? 2015. Somebody called in during the uh, listener line segment and said that they heard Terry Beckner Jr. was going to take a chainsaw to the columns. <laughs> yes, I
0: do remember that.
1: that that's the kind absolutely. of absolutely that was the kind of craziness we were dealing with that year. And, but and really, but since
0: then, I mean, we have had some pretty lean times. Yeah. This podcast. You, who can blame us for being negative? You know, since we've had this podcast. <laughs> where, like true. it Came out of the gate hot, and then it has just been just one giant mug full of festering hobo cum
1: Hobo-com. <laughs> a, f- <laughs> a fierce vat of hot, oh, do- hot dog water hot
0: dog water
1: <laughs> yep so uh anyway we got vanderbilt i do think we're gonna win this thing i mean well, it's always possible we'll lay an egg but uh, we got to take home the w i'm just hopeful the team is as Aware as we are that, like, these wins fucking matter. You can't look past anybody. Good God. I don't care if it's Vanderbilt.
0: But I'm sure that they're being told that. But it's a, uh, I almost feel like that sort of trap game mentality. It's like a subconscious thing. Like, you just can't help yourself. You you think you're going to win and you don't realize you're, you know, losing until it's, you know, halftime. You're down by seven. that you've been punched in the mouth. And, like, what
1: the fuck? Yeah. And then you got to chase it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that'll do it for Around the Horn. Okay, Colin, I do hope that this season turns into something special because, God, it is fun to do the show whenever we're good. I mean, the fans get more excited, the calls get better, everything gets better. We get more downloads. <laughs> and ultimately, we get more listeners, which means we, we become billionaires from the you know the podcast revenue that somehow appears yeah. from the sky. I don't know how. Somebody tell us. Speaking of things that get better, let's turn to Kansas News. Well,
3: I was doing There were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine.
2: Sunflowers,
1: sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day, man who stole from multiple Kansas area Sonics found guilty. A man who investigators say has stolen bank bags filled with cash from multiple Sonic drive-ins throughout Kansas has been found guilty of theft in Leavenworth County. The district attorney said Patrick Best pled no contest to account of theft of property. The judge accepted the plea and found Best guilty. According to court records, Best has pled in multiple criminal cases this year where he committed burglary at a Sonic. The first incident was in January. The second was in May.
0: Sounds like he's found a flaw in their system.
1: (laughs) Sounds like it. In April, Gardner police stopped Best while he was driving his van. During the search of the van, Officers found Sonic bags, a DVR, a Sonic cash register drawer, keys belonging to a Lawrence, Kansas Sonic, and tools that could be used for burglary.
0: <laughs> yeah, when asked why Sonic, he said, "You know how easy it is to rob a guy on roller skates."
1: <laughs> That's right. Officers expanded the investigation. All he did was he had a bag of marbles.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> he had a stick, <laughs> the bane of Sonic car hops everywhere. The dreaded stick.
1: Uh, Officers expanded their investigation into Best after they searched his vehicle on April 16th, the day before he was stopped. An employee at a Sonic drive-in reported that someone broke into the restaurant through the front door. Once inside, the suspect took two money bags, collected approximately $6,300. Wow, I didn't know they carried that kind of cash in a Sonic. A surveillance video showed the vehicle Best was stopped in. The DVR and the bank bags belonged to the Sonic. Best is scheduled for sentencing in November why just Sonic's? Like you said, did they just you just find a flaw in the Sonic system? Do people use cash more at Sonic? What is it about the Sonic that is so key to this I'm story?
0: former employee.
1: Yeah, he knew the ins and outs of it. Frankie Avalon is rolling over in his grave, Colin.
2: <laughs> it's all right, cause I'm saved by the bell.
0: Brendan, obviously the Saved by the Bell reference is necessary, but. That's a 50s reference. I don't, I don't I, we should find some new drop when you when we start going into the
1: 50s. It's not a 50s reference.
3: Ever since the 50s Sonic's been serving the <laughs> food America grew up
1: This on. is from the 1990s. of some things well, remain the same. Your yeah, honor, is but still he hasn't right. been famous since the 1950s. <laughs> no, but this is in the 1990s when Frankie <laughs> Avalon was Avalon. hawking Sonic. I mean
0: I'm not going to argue about I think it, about it, Frankie it, Avalon and Sonic Brendan. I think right. it counts. <laughs>
1: All righty, <laughs> next story. <laughs> toilet trouble, Colin. Kansas woman flush with complaints over her potty planter. Oh my God, the puns. Yeah, Sedgwick County, Kansas. A Sedgwick woman says she was willing to go to jail over a toilet planter in her front yard that has gotten some negative attention from neighbors. Misty Clark says she put the toilet in her yard to use as a planter. Three days later, authorities came to her house and requested that she remove it. I don't live in an HOA. I've been here for 40 years, and people have had toilets in their yard decorated for decades. In Kansas, Brennan, add parenthetically. I believe that. that. Yeah. Since that time, Clark received a citation stating that the toilet, now planter, is a nuisance. She's been given an ultimatum to either abide by the directives or go to court. Clark has opted for court. She said she feels her First Amendment rights are being compromised sure. and plans to fight for it. Nothing says the Constitution is at stake like a toilet in a Kansas yard.
0: She's going to be lucky if a bunch of teenagers don't leave her a pile of rope in that toilet. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're at that age.
1: Well, fertilizer. I mean, she, who knows what she's yeah. planning, Colin, but they couldn't use the nitrogen. She attended Saturday's Sedgwick Parade in hopes of gaining community support. Clark alleges it was her neighbors who turned her in, saying the toilet was tacky. In an email sent to us by Clark's neighbors, they state they did not make the call and that it could have been anyone in the neighborhood or a passerby. Clark said she faces trial coming up soon and plans not to back down. I'm going to jail for this if they push it that far, she said.
0: Don't comply. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I will... I will go to the big house for
1: this toilet. <laughs> I've never stood up for anything, but I'm standing up for this.
3: I've never fought yep. for anything in my entire life. I'm fighting for yeah, this.
1: This is something that you put it all on the line for, really. Like, I want this toilet in the yard, and I believe in it. The Constitution requires that I do what's right by me. That's
0: right. When uh, they were writing the Constitution, they thought, you know what? It's important here is yard
1: toilets. <laughs> Someday there will be a state, and it will be called Kansas, and our worst people will live there. And, <laughs> and the toilets that they use to defecate, they will display proudly in their yard for some reason. By God, they have the right to do so, and this is why we fought this war with the British.
0: Well, Brendan, I think the most mind-bending part of the story is she doesn't actually have working plumbing in her house. She still uses a, an, out, an outhouse, but she has a toilet as a planter in her front
1: yard. It is clearly the only toilet on the property, right? Like, that's yeah. that's a fact. It may be one of the few toilets in Kansas. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe the neighbors were jealous. Maybe they didn't find it tacky at all. Maybe they thought she was just kind of showing off. Look at her with her that's fancy yeah, porcelain toilet. She'd be
0: lucky if that thing isn't full
1: of turds and cum by the end of the week. <laughs> or just walks off. Somebody can just... Yeah. <laughs> I won't get that hey, answer. <laughs> I what do you what do you, percent of the Kansas population you think pronounces it as Turlet?
0: Throw that in the back of our two thousand five LeSabre.
1: Uh-huh. Let's
0: get out of here.
1: <laughs> it's a country out there. All right, Colin. Final story of the day. Kansas played a football game and this season it has not been going like you might think. They won this motherfucker 38-27 to over BYU. Yeah, who, who did BYU beat last week? Uh, not last week, but didn't they beat Arkansas at the beginning of this year? Yeah, that's right. And that's a ticket. Kansas is 4-0 on the season, and you're not going to believe this, Colin, but uh, they're nationally ranked at this point. Mizzou entered the rankings, and lo and behold, so did the Kansas Jayhawks. They entered at number twenty-four in the AP poll and number twenty-four in the coaches poll, just behind the University of Missouri Tigers and the Florida Gators. So uh a nationally ranked the Gators ranked are still in the top twenty-five. Florida is number twenty-three after their kind of wow. lousy win over Charlotte in the coaches poll, and they're twenty-two above Missouri in the AP poll. Missouri's twenty-three in the AP and twenty-two in the coaches. So um, that is hard to believe. Yeah, it sure is. Kansas State. It just goes to show what in. name recognition does for you. Oh, yeah. It's the rubber band effect. They, uh, they want you to be in a certain place. And if you vary from where they think you are, you kind of stretch away. But as soon as you do something they like, they bounce you right back to where they want you to be. So, yeah, Kansas is ranked. It's hard for me to even spit out of my mouth, but so it is. And uh, until, I don't know, they have to play somebody halfway decent, I assume. That's when this... Cinderella story ends. I mean, people have been going on and on about uh, Deion Sanders and their Cinderella story, but they do play number three Texas next week, so I do have to think that, uh, I don't know, they have beaten Texas before, but uh, Texas looks a little different this year.
0: If only there was a way they could both lose.
1: From your mouth to God's ears. Anyway, this is Kansas Kansas News. Okay, Colin. It is time to dish out a couple of awards. The first one is named for a former slot receiver for the Missouri Tigers. It is the TJ Moe. Dude of the week. I have a nominee for this one. Did you have you followed the little thing going on with Ohio State's head coach Ryan Day? After there, I'm going to
0: say the same thing.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's a douche on douche crime. <laughs> it is. I'm no fan of Lou Holtz. The uh, I don't know. No one is. Two hundred year old Notre Dame former coach.
0: <laughs> Lou Holtz is a guy who I feel like is a bad coach who was at Notre Dame in their heyday, and like you literally just could have shaved an orangutan and put a Notre Dame hat on him, he probably would have won a national title. Uh huh. And Lou Holtz has just been riding that his entire life.
1: Lou Holtz strikes me as somebody who makes Mitch McConnell look razor sharp. (laughs) Sure. Anyway, um, he basically went on, I think, uh, the Pat McAfee show or something. Or College Game Day. I don't know. He went on TV. No, it was
0: the McAfee show. McAfee show. Or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. The former punter who somehow became a podcast guy.
1: The Aaron Rodgers Power Hour. Basically said, I like Notre Dame. I don't like Ohio State. Notre Dame good. Ohio State bad. It was nothing very much. It was pretty benign, really. It was just well, I think the what same shit Lou Holtz said has said for years. Like,
0: he essentially called them soft.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, in essence. And I you know, I guess in football, there's nothing you know more damning to be called than soft. Right. I think the real crime here is Lou Holtz is still being invited on shows. I mean, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's almost know, elder abuse.
0: Think about how many college kids in this day and age, know who the fuck Lou Holtz
1: is.
0: (laughs) I mean, he won his national championship in like 1988.
1: Yeah. Him and Lee Corso still at it.
0: And that's what I mean. Like you talk about a couple of guys that are basically full mashed potato brains now. And you just feel like they have loved ones behind the scenes. Like, you know, they've got a a uh, well-meaning daughter-in-law who just kind of takes them everywhere, drives them everywhere. Like, okay, this is your chair, Lou. You're going to sit right here. They're going to ask you some questions. I'll be right here when you get done.
1: We'll, we'll go yes, to Wendy's and we'll we get you your baked potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, yeah. That's
0: right. That's right. We'll go to Wendy's and uh, we'll get you your baked potato and then we'll head back to the house and you can watch your stories.
1: <laughs> your, your old episodes of Matlock.
0: <laughs> well, well, if, if, if you want to dig too deep in Lou Holtz, he's going home and watching Newsmax.
1: Yeah. I know <laughs> that's probably you know. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about Lou Holtz's politics. I just assume that's true. Anyway, well,
0: that's the only thing. I, the only time I knew he's still alive, I thought he was been dead for years. And then during all that political stuff during the election, I saw Lou Holtz stumping for a politician. I was like, "Hey, Lou Holtz is still alive. I'll be dipped."
1: <laughs> Good for him. Uh, and He votes
0: exactly the way you'd expect him to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. Anyway, uh, so we're not even. I'm not even nominating Lou Holtz. I'm nominating Ryan Day, Ohio State's head coach. Why? Because he gave a fuck what Lou Holtz had to say, and he made his press <laughs> conference about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you made Lou Holtz's week.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm like, why? Why Why would you make such a thing about Lou Holtz? He said, I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now in his post-game interview. <laughs> yeah. well,
0: asleep for three hours. <laughs> <I said> <laughs> yeah,
1: long since in bed. That's where he is. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> or he's urinating for the fifth on. time that night, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. What? He's fast asleep with a sleep apnea mask on
1: <laughs> and a pair of
0: dentures and a cup on his bedside stand. <laughs> that is exactly where
1: he's at. That's right. This is what he said about our team, what he said about our team. I cannot believe this is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio, and it's always been Ohio against the world. And we will continue to be Ohio against the world. But I tell you, I love these kids, and we have oh, a yeah. tough team. I mean, my God, what downtrodden a...
0: Trodden, Ohio State.
1: Man, right, poor God. Ohio State. Yeah, it's all... Oh, th- man,
0: it's always been a get- world against Ohio State. They've never got the benefit of the doubt in any selection uh, for playoffs or bowl yeah,
1: games. They don't get ranked immediately like at the number two ends. spot. Yeah, yeah, like
0: they never, no consideration. Poor, poor Ohio State. Yeah, The little engine that could some years, you know. It's just, I want to feel bad for them
1: it's yeah i mean the, drumming up this you know ohio versus the world garbage give me a fucking break i don't know anything about ohio state and i don't know anything about ryan day here's what i know fuck him he seems like a douchebag <laughs> and uh, he's certainly the douche of the week douche of the, the week, week. Not because I'm defending Lou Holtz, because Lou Holtz is indefensible, but just giving a fuck about Lou Holtz and making yeah, your entire a press Yeah, it's douche on game, douche crime. Yeah, it really is. No winners, all losers here. So let's go to our next award, Colin. This is another one named for a former Missouri Tiger, but this one for Kirk Farmer and more importantly, his glorious hair. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Well, who have you got in this one, Colin? We surely have some candidates.
0: Well, I think you certainly have to think about Brady Cook. You know, we had a caller mention Johnny Walker Jr. And I don't know that I would, you know, in a game where uh, there was a lot of offense, if you're going to be able to give it to a guy who had a good defensive game, but not like, you no, know,
1: he'd go crazy. Or no, 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 no. And I mean, I think it's really between Cook or Luther Burden, who had a second career game in a row where it was like, I don't know, what do you have, 177 yards and... 10 receptions. Well, Schrader and, really
0: iced that game, too. You, know, you can't yeah. forget about him.
1: Well, you know, but he also hard. had a, a terrible oh, fumble, which Let's basically it. led to the first Memphis touchdown. But
0: Yeah, we, got, we can't, can't, can't get a Kurt Farmer share with that kind of
1: performance. Not thing. when a guy like Burden... I mean, Burden had that racked up <laughs> over 170 yards receiving in basically three quarters, because he sat out, I think it was the third, with when he got mm-hmm. hurt. And Cook, again, over 300 some yards passing, looked absolutely fantastic. I'm leaning towards Cook for two reasons. One, Luther's going to win a ton of these awards. I mean, he's going to be the Kirk sure. Farmer's hair player of the game. Basically, any week, you could probably pick him. Two, it wasn't just Luther he was throwing the ball to this week like it had mm-hmm. been in, in weeks past. Cook was finding new the guys.
0: Let's Ye- give the Cookie Monster his first Kirk Farmer's hair. He'd look better, honestly, than that Patrick Mahomes red throw thing he's got going on. Man, but imagine what he'd look like with Kirk Farmer's flowing Golden locks.
1: Brady was cooking. Brady was cooking. Congratulations, Brady Cook. You are the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game.
0: You know, in the the years we've been doing this show, we've gotten lazy. We used to put the golden locks on the player and then post that picture of that player each week. Yeah. On the Twitter site, which we have quit doing long, long ago. But I think we need to do that for Brady Cook. Sure. I want to see those golden locks on that uh, freckled face.
1: You can get a good look at Brady's hair, he doesn't really need much changing. It already is Kirk Farmer esque. I mean he's he's got himself a hairdo.
0: Well, yeah, but it's it's more of like a uh, Patrick Mahomes a junior kitten play. It's all right
2: 'cause I'm safe out of here.
0: Uh, I don't I Maybe it's just the picture. You know, like they, they got to give you that profile picture every time they talk about and give a stat line. And on that day, he had just got the fucking buzz job on the sides. Yeah. And us let, let the top eat a little bit. And, so, I mean, it's a little bit crusty. The clown did not a great hair look. So I guess that's why I really want to see him with the Kirk Barmer's hair. Because, I mean, he's playing some great quarterback right now. You put those blonde locks on him. Who knows? what
1: The sky's the limit. The kid kitten play, that is a deep pull, and I do appreciate it. <laughs> a guy named Christopher Reed was the uh, the side of Kid and Play who you are referring to, in case our listeners oh, okay. aren't familiar with, sure. with Kid and Play, as they should be. But yeah, he does definitely has Kid and Play-esque hair, and I think it would look better in the Kirk Farmer dump. So we got Vanderbilt coming up. We're sitting 4-0. and We're a nationally ranked team by... Any measure that you want to put on this son of a bitch, we're doing better than you or I would have expected at this point in the season. For sure. Am I wrong?
0: Brandon, let me ask you a question before yeah. we, we jump out of here. Uh-huh. You, when you watch the broadcast, did you notice the frustration from Horn when he thought he going to go in? Like Cook got hurt
2: uh-huh. and
0: they took him out and it was going to be like one play and they called a timeout and Horn was in the huddle, mm-hmm. like calling plays and then and Cook ran in there and was
1: like, beat it. <laughs> and you could he's like,
0: and you could literally see Horn be like, what the fuck? I can't get one play? I just, I just <laughs> thought that was interesting.
1: No, I guess I didn't notice that. But, I mean, I do wonder what Horn's mentality is. I have to think that he's gone after this year because it's a transfer portal world, and he ain't getting a sniff of it. I also wonder what Jay Garcia thinks because he came out of here – you know, Miami is looking really good this year. He was Miami's starting quarterback last year. He's third string at Mizzou right now. And so it's a tough business, college football. And it's one where it's never been easier to get the fuck out of Dodge when things aren't going your way. So Brady Cook is taking the job by the horns, too. So I don't blame him for being frustrated, but fuck. Play well, better, I Horn, I guess, moment, right? I think
0: anybody would be frustrated. Yeah. Like, you're getting in the game. Holy cap, here's a big chance. You're literally talking to the guys on the sideline. And little and the gaggle wait for the timeout to end. You're, you're here's your chance. Let's do this. Let's do this. He, he's literally talking to them all, and then the Cook's like, "Get in there, and beat it."
1: Yeah, pound <laughs> sand, kid. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm like, man, I'd be frustrated too. You get amped up, like, hey, here's my shot. I get, I'm not, I do get very many of these. Here's one of them
1: tough shit though you know until things change we're buying cook coin hey that's
0: what happens when you're the backup for a guy with a tough heart
1: (laughs) cook coin value has skyrocketed like it is cryptocurrency really this year absolutely so anyway we're strong buy on cook coin still right colin yeah absolutely on that note m-i-z d-o-u
0: two girls one cup